Good evening, everybody. It's good evening. to see you. Um, thank you for joining us. To our viewers, thank you for joining us. If 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 you can call somebody, grab a friend, call your auntie, um, text somebody, message somebody, share it. Um, we're going to be having a, an important topic tonight. We're going to be going through the topic of forgiveness. And um, when Pastor Ramdi actually told me, Sam, let's do forgiveness, I said to him, Pastor, didn't we just do that for Youth Week of Prayer? He's like, Sam, that's three months ago. Let's run it again. So um, we're running it again. Um, because I guess, you know, it's always good to, to remind yourself of some of these important topics that impact people on a daily basis. Before we pray, um, I just think I'm going to let the, the panel introduce themselves and um, just say a bit about, about yourself and, and then we'll, we'll get into tonight's topic. That's okay. Starting with Juliet. So start. <laughs> um, hi everyone, my name is Juliet Sweeney. I'm based in Leicester. Um, a little bit about me. I'm an author, um, written a book called Failing in Love, all about relationships. Um, and I also run a ministry called Really Married and um, that's recently launched. So um, yeah, keeping myself busy. I always have a little girl, 17 months and um, a husband. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks, Juliet. Thanks for joining us. Go on, George. Um, hi, everyone. Um, my name is George Ose Bonsu. Um, I, um, I always struggle when I'm put on the spot to um, because um, I don't think it's, you plan it, you can never conclude a version. But the least that I would say is um, I am an Adventist. <laughs> I um, I go to church at Lee Valley, which is at North London. Um, and I am a, well, I'm one of the young elders at my local church. So um, that's a blessing for me and I'm proud of that. Um, and I work in NHS, so I guess those are the three things that I kind of use to describe myself. The last part is my favorite color is blue. So, yeah. <laughs> we, we appreciate George because he's got on, he's from London, but he's got on the NEC Youth T-shirt. So we appreciate him. Thank you very much for joining us. To represent, I have to represent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I'll go next. Um, my name's Petty. I am um, based in Liverpool. I study abroad though in Lithuania and I am a going into my final year of medicine and I also do content creation. So I've got a YouTube channel and I'm really passionate about online ministry and yeah, all that jazz. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Thank you, Petty. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, my name is uh, Stephen Conway. I'm coming from Detroit, Michigan and um, I pastor uh, the Detroit Northwest Seventh-day Adventist Church, and we're trying to change the world one heart at a time here. We'll be launching an urban center of influence in this coming year and having a lot of outreach and different things like that going on. And um, also my wife and I, we've been married for 19 years. We have four children, the oldest of which is 18. The youngest is nine, and we have a ministry called Stamina for Life, where we talk about relationships and things like that. Thank you, sir. Thank you for joining us. 
and thank you all for joining us. Um, it's a privilege to have you guys with us and um, just a blessing. I'm, 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 I'm humbled to be with you guys. So uh, thank you very much. Let's say a prayer and we'll begin. Dear Lord, please may you be with us as we talk on the topic of forgiveness. Please may you inspire somebody and inspire us. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, um, as I was saying earlier, um, I was thinking, you know, we've just done forgiveness. Um, I helped Pastor Ramdin design the questions, some of the questions for that one. So how are we coming with forgiveness again? Um, is there anything that we haven't already touched? So um, I just thought, okay, let's revisit, come with some new questions. If you've got some questions, by the way, that you want answered, or as you're going through, you've got a comment, post it in the chat, whether YouTube or Facebook. And, and if we can pick those up, we'll, we'll pick it up. But I want to start with the first question, which is, what are some of the common misconceptions that we know of when people think of or hear the word forgiveness? And why do you think those exist? So people hear the word forgiveness and then certain things come to mind, certain misconceptions that somebody might have. Um, what do you think, the, what would you say what are the most common ones and why do you think those types of things exist? I'd say, um, I think a lot of people think forgiveness is weakness okay. um, because it requires vulnerability and a lot of people are not comfortable with being vulnerable because you know, vulnerability is for some reason synonymous with almost weakness, which it isn't, it's a, it's a strength, but I think that's one of the things that I would say it's a misconception, that it's weak to forgive, to forgive kind of thing. Mm. Okay. Weakness. Weakness. Any other misconceptions? I think one that I would say is that um, a misconception is that forgiveness is just a one-time thing that happens. You just forgive the person and that's it. Um, sometimes it can, you have to go through that journey of continually continually forgiving that person again and again, um, because it may just be that something comes to mind that that person has done to you in the past. And you actually have to kind of come in with, come within yourself to say, I actually do forgive that person again, even though this is the hurt is still there and it's still raw. This is a continual process for me. Um, and I think that's something that's important to, to be aware yeah. of. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I would, I would suggest that um, the, one of the misconceptions regarding forgiveness is um, this, you know, this belief that the other person needs to be in a certain state of mind in order for me to forgive them. For instance, the, the person needs to be sorry for what they have done in order for me to forgive. And so I'm not going to forgive them because they're not sorry for what they did. So I think that's a, a misconception. Wow. Um, I'm oh, sorry. For me, for me um, one, one misconception that personally I had to struggle with was um, the thing we always hear forgive and forget, forgive and forget. And sometimes we kind of, that's how we have to do it in terms of forgive and forget. Um, and I think sometimes we can forget that, we can forget literally that forgiveness is a process as well as um, forgetting the issue as well. Um, and sometimes we have this, I don't know what to call it, but it's some kind of an amnesia that comes over us when we hear the word forgiveness, we think automatically you must forget as well. 
Um, and then I think it's, it doesn't necessarily go like that um, in terms of myths that we have. Okay, okay, okay. So, so following on from that then, these are some of the misconceptions that we have. Why would you say it's important for people to forgive? Um, despite the misconceptions, despite everything that's going on, why would you say it's important as people to, to forgive? What would you say? What would you say the relevance is there? What do you think? Yeah, I would say there's there's probably a lot, a lot of reasons, but um, scripture talks about a um, this one that I'll focus on anyway is um, it's actually personal um, mm. forgiveness being for for my benefit, which may sound selfish, but it's not. Um, the Bible talks about uh, a root of bitterness, and this root of bitterness. It comes from um, unresolved issues. It comes from um, offenses that have been committed against you that you have not, you've not let go of, you're not relinquished. And because we don't forgive, um, then there's this root of bitterness. I don't know if you, if you guys uh, in your neck of the woods have this, but sometimes a tree is growing and the roots are so thick that they begin to push up on the concrete and it begins to break the concrete up. So when I think about the biblical concept of a root of bitterness, that's what happens in my life when I refuse to let go of the hurt and pain that someone has brought uh, into my life. Of course, it's all through being through the grace of God. So I, I, I would say that uh, there's a benefit to each one of us, to our own personal well-being, to let go or to forgive. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, I think following on from that as well, even for, from like the health perspective, um, when you don't forgive, there's a, there's a book that's called the the body remembers. It's called the body keeps the score. Basically, it talks about trauma and how when people harbor trauma that they haven't uh, processed, the body remembers. Like you have physical um, reactions to things. You have ailments and 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 things that you don't even realize are caused by your your psyche. Um, so sometimes even for your own health, it's it's beneficial to forgive because you don't even realize, you know, you could be suffering from uh, a, a, a problem that you think is physical, but it really stems from a, a heart of unforgiveness or a heart of trauma of, of some sort, because um, a lot of trauma also comes with, you know, you have to forgive someone or something to in order for you to heal a lot of trauma. So for your own health, it's beneficial to forgive because you 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 like i'm saying you could be in so much health issues that you don't even know are from that mm. 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 i was gonna say i'm um, also in addition i think um bringing it to the spiritual sense in terms of our own relationships with god i think having that ability to be able to forgive also reminds us of our own um imperfection I guess, because of the fact that I think when we struggle to forgive, it's expecting an element of perfection in someone else. So whether it's our spouse or whether it's our parents, whether no one is perfect, you know, we are all flawed, we live in a flawed world. Um, and so I think the more we recognize that weakness and our own weakness is the more we see how much grace we've received from God and how much, you know, how, how little we deserve that grace and then I think the more that picture becomes very clear to us is the more we look to other people and recognize you're human too, I'm human, 
and are able to then extend them the forgiveness that I believe only comes through that relationship with God as humans I don't think we're capable to fully forgive but when we understand God and what God's done for us and the fact that we weren't deserving of any sacrifice God made on our behalf that is then what helps us to extend that same grace to someone else through forgiveness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to the points made um, I think um, we, we need to forgive because in, in a sense we need forgiveness um, so in retrospect what we're actually saying is that even not just in terms of our relationship with God, but our relationship with our fellow human beings. Um, we need forgiveness. As Juliet said, we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. We're going to mess up. Um, and it's not right to have the perception that um, we can assume that we're not forgive because, um, because of any other relevance. And also furthermore to that point, in terms of our relationship with God, the reason why we need forgiveness is because the Bible literally tells us that when you don't forgive, God is not forgiving you of your own sins. So therefore, like literally, <laughs> you're, you're breaking one of the first ever commandments in terms of our relationship with our human beings. Um, and then, as we know, the wages of sin is death. So in a sense, you're really, really treading on the line of understanding that you're living the unpardonable sin in a sense because you've decided that you're not choosing not to forgive and that's why i think it's so and it's so um essential for our spiritual lives um that we practice forgiveness yeah and it helps us understand who god is like i think forgiveness or being forgiving is one of those characteristics of god that are not so um glamorized like they're not the glamorous side you know we love that god is merciful and all these things but when we forgiveness and that's a characteristic of God you know that he is long-suffering and he forgives sins um it's one of the biggest characteristics of God because he literally came to die so that we can be forgiven so I think when we and when when we practice forgiveness it helps us to really understand God who he is and what what it means for him that he died on the cross what it means for him that he forgave us you know if your friend keeps doing something to you 20 times a day you know, Jesus says, forgive someone if seven times a day, if they come and they repent to you. And if imagine if your friend kept doing that every day and you had to forgive them and then you understand what God is doing this every minute with me. Every every day he's doing it times 10. So it, it really helps us to understand like the nature of God um, and what posture he's in when it comes to, to our, his relationship with us. Because the biggest thing he probably has to practice every day is forgiveness um, with us. Yeah, I wanted to piggyback off of that and say, um, if we don't forgive, we actually reject the means of our own salvation as well. So I think, you know, perhaps it's been alluded to already, but just wanted to say that, you know, when that when you, your question was, why should we forgive? Because it's the means by which we are, we're saved. And to reject that um, in principle is to reject the means that God uses to save us. So, 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 so here we go. I'm sitting in my, oh, whoo, I almost said the church. <laughs> Praise God, I stopped it on the live stream. I'm sitting in a church. I'm sitting in a church. And um, it's Sabbath school. And there's a lady, elderly lady. She, she's talking and the topic of forgiveness comes up. And um, she goes back probably decades. 
to a situation that happened with her sister in Jamaica. And she said, I thought I would never forgive her. This is, this, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is one of the rocks of that church, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we sometimes want to forgive? Why don't we sometimes want to forgive? You're hearing the question. I don't know, I don't know if this, this is gonna make fair sense, but I think sometimes because we wanna hold it as justice for what went wrong um, in terms of this is our right and this is what we can hold on to. Um, and sometimes it's kind of like a self-defense mechanism so we don't fall into that emotional trauma that we went through when um, whatever happened, happened. Um, so I think with, with my understanding is sometimes you don't want to forgive because you're like, you know this person is going to do it again. And that's, that's already like, <laughs> again, you're, you're committing another sin or another relational sin in terms of you're being assumptuous in thinking that this is how this person is going to be. Um, so I think, yeah, sometimes we choose not to forgive because mainly because like we're like, this is, this is, I need to protect myself. And so therefore, this is how I rule. This is how I rule my house. If you do this, I cut you off. And we decide to do it that way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What were we saying? I think also, um, sorry, you will hear my little one in the back. <laughs> I think also, um, one of the reasons is the forgiveness is hard. Um, God never called us to do it as an easy option. It takes everything within us to be able to do it. And not just us, it takes God as well. Um, and one thing I actually read when I was um, looking into this topic more, that um, I, I don't know if many people really recognise how serious God is about forgiveness, because I read in um, Colossians 3.13, which says, um, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must, so you also must forgive. And this tells us that forgiveness is actually a command that God has given us. It's not something that he said, if you feel like you're in the mood to do it, do it. He knew how important it was for us to be able to forgive. Um, And I think that's something that takes more exploration and understanding from our part, because I don't know for everyone else on the panel, but I can say for me, forgiveness was never a topic that was necessarily dug into. And so if you don't know how to forgive in the first place and you don't recognize how important it is to forgive, then it's not really something you'll, it is something that it's easy to make an option basically, rather than um, an, an essential basis of your, how you treat other humans. It's like what Joy says, I think when you, like when you don't forgive, you're holding on to hurt and your hurt almost validates that, that you are right, if that makes sense. So if, if, if someone has done you wrong, when you when you forgive them, it it feels like it can feel like even though that's not the case, it can feel like you're you're saying it's okay for them to do that because you're forgiven. But when we hold on to hurt, it's like you're saying I'm right, I should be hurt, I'm right and they're wrong. And when you forgive, it, it's like that you're letting them get away with it basically by forgiving. So I think it's hard for people to, to like uh, Juliet saying to know how to forgive because it feels like you're you're not you justice is not being done if you forgive because that hurt validates validates the pain that it, it should it should not have been done 
um you know like how when when we hear like a big crime happens and then the mother of a son who got murdered or something is on telly and she says oh I forgive the murderer and people are almost like oh because we feel like that means he's gotten away with it well that's not the case you know he's probably going to jail and all these things and her hurt or her pain and holding on to it is not going to change what he did but we feel like we need to hold on to it in order for it to justify that um for our own justice basically so it's hard to, to let it go yeah, I, I was just just agreeing with what what has already been said, and um, maybe even saying it uh, a, a, another way. But I think um, Sister Petty said it like we we want I want the other person to suffer for what they've done to me, and I'm not going to let go of my pain until they experience it or something that is you know equivalent to it that allows me to have a sense that now you understand what mm -hmm. I have gone through and my hurt or, or my pain. And so, um, you know, it, it, it becomes a, um, yeah, it, it can become a very, very, or it is personal. It's, despite the fact that as we've already stated, forgiveness is difficult and whatnot, there's a personal element to what I have experienced and, and there is that I want the other person to suffer because of how they made me suffer. Um, sorry, I've just said, well, anyway, let me carry on. Okay, so bouncing off that then, what you've just said, bouncing off what you've just said about people um, holding on to things because um they want the other person to suffer um and so so some people might see forgiveness as kind of pursuing peace um so um this person's hurt me um but i'm supposed to be christ-like um so i'm just gonna let it slide and they continue to hurt me I'm supposed to be Christ-like, so I'm just going to let it slide. Um, what's our views on that idea? What's our, are, you, are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's our views on that idea then? Oh, well, and this can seem uh, a bit uh, controversial, but I don't think it is Christ-like <laughs> to, right. to let it slide because ultimately God doesn't let it slide, if that makes sense. If you get what I'm saying, I mean, people are going to go to hell <laughs> in the bigger in the bigger context of things. Um, God forgives, you know, now he asks us to forgive, you know, um, he forgives now when we ask for forgiveness. But eventually there is a justice thing that's going to happen. So I'm not saying in, it, I mean, we're not God, so we're not going to punish people for what they do. But the Christ like thing is to forgive. But in the same way, God has boundaries in that there comes a time where the just is just and, you know, and the unjust are not unjust and there comes consequences for things um even though we cannot be god in that we are not a, in a just mindset completely we can hold boundaries um and not allow someone to keep doing something but forgive them because forgiving like what you said is not is not pursuing peace between a person not, not every time it can just mean you have done the work in your heart and between you and God and even to the person to tell them you've forgiven them and then just separate yourself from them. In the same way, God was, is going to separate himself 
from people who have not received forgiveness in that they have not asked for it. Does that make sense? I'm here with you. I'm here with you. Yeah. Um, what do you think? What do you think? No, I think, think um, and I think this um, just kind of continuing on with the thought that Petty began, um, you know, there's, uh, and somebody said it earlier, that the, there's the feeling that forgiveness is, is weakness. And I think it comes out of this, it comes out of this mindset that I'm just going to keep allowing someone to, um, to do this, that, or the other to me. And that's, that's what it means to be Christ-like. But um, in Matthew chapter 18, it actually says, um, if, 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 if your brother offends you, then you are to go to them. In other words, make them aware of what it is that, that they have done to you and how they've offended you. And then it's, you know, it goes on with more counsel. If they refuse to hear you and take someone else with you, right? There's another element of accountability. And if they refuse to hear you and that person, then bring it to the church. So there's a corporate sense of accountability and responsibility that's introduced into it. And so actually, you know, the idea that I just allow someone to keep mistreating me is foreign to uh, what it really means to be like Christ, because according to his, his teachings, that's not what we do. We bring other people in. And, you know, first it's one individual and then it is the body of believers. And one of the reasons why we, why, why I believe Jesus gave that counsel is it's for our protection to keep us from being, you know, taken advantage of and whatnot uh, in a relationship because there are other people who are now looking at, um, who are looking at myself and this other individual and whatever the discrepancy may be in their relationship and there's an amount of accountability and protection that comes from that. So I was gonna add, there's a text in Galatians, I'm not sure exactly where, where it talks about the concepts of carrying each other's burdens. Um, I'm not sure maybe pastor can go a little bit into this, but I think we sometimes take that too literal in, in the understanding of, um, I have to almost lower myself to the extent where someone can um, benefit from my loneliness. Um, and I, I think, again, touching on Pastor's point, it goes down to the idea, or even Petty mentioned boundaries in terms of sometimes we don't have the right boundaries set around us, and therefore we take on someone else's emotions when God never instructed us to take on someone else's emotions or to be responsible for someone else's emotions. I think some, that's, that's something that as Christians, because of the way that Christianity is in terms of um, the whole fellowship of it and et cetera, we're, we're very, we fall under that um, idea of, oh, it's okay for me to be responsible for that person's emotions or their feelings. When, if you look at it, even God himself does not do that with us. God has set boundaries with us um, in terms of when you get to the point where you reject God, God is not going to force himself upon you because he has understood that you've made the decision. And I think as Christians, we need to understand that as well, that in, in the idea that um, is it Christian for me to be so persistent or is it Christian for me to forget or to 
pull everything away just so that I can forgive someone. It's actually not, it's, it's not practicing the right Christianity. Um, all right then. So, so, so bouncing off this then, many people avoid confrontation and try to keep the peace. Is keeping the peace an element of forgiveness or is it just a cop-out? Are you, are, you catching, are you catching the question? Yeah. So many people avoid confrontation and try to keep the peace. Is this an element of forgiveness or is it just a cop-out? Well, there's, um, <laughs> see all the wheels turning. There's, uh, there's, um, there's, there's two responses. Um, Ken Sandy has a, a wonderful book. Uh, it's Ken, S-A-N-D-E, and it's called uh, The Peacemaker. And in there, he, he talks about how there's two, two extremes in terms of dealing with, with, uh, with issues or confrontations. And one is fight or flight. And I would say what you suggested, Brother Sam, is, is probably on the flight. Uh, it's on the flight uh, <laughs> side of the scale. Because, um, again, as, as Matthew chapter 18 brings out, um, we are not to. Uh, now, now, the Bible does counsel us that there are times when it is wise to overlook a matter. Um, so we don't want to say every single thing. You always need to say something. You know, why did you walk past me without saying hello? You know, we don't need to make everything an issue like that. There are some things that we can overlook according to scripture. But again, Matthew 18 suggests that when someone has done something, we can um, we can we can make them aware of it. Um, Deborah, Deborah Smith Pegu has a book called Confronting Without Offending. It's a it's a powerful book and it 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 helps to give a biblical perspective on on the idea of confrontation, because we gotta be honest, like me, I'm not a confrontational person. I don't want, to, that's not, my nature is to, as you suggested, Sam, to just, okay, let me do whatever I can do to make it all right. But in reality, that's not, that's not what's happening. That root of bitterness that we talked about earlier, that thing is gaining steam and it's growing and, and being uh, nurtured by us not confronting things, but, um there's a way that we can confront issues because the, you know, the goal of confrontation by God's grace should be, um, it should be to, to, to bring individuals and ourselves more in harmony with God's will. So I would say, and, you know, I said a lot, but, um, that, that's, that's not a healthy thing to do. Okay. To pass this point, I think the idea of, avoiding conflicts in order to keep the peace sometimes when we do that we actually start an eternal struggle within ourselves um, because we've avoided the conflict and the goal goes back to the idea of trauma um, I think some sometimes it's necessary to, to 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 address the issue rather than thinking that let me keep it inside of me and let me let me try be the Christian here when you do that we, all, we go back to the beginning where we talked about why it's necessary for you to forgive. And some of the points that were being made was health-wise in terms of it's, it's important for your health. And also secondly, 
if you're not careful, you will pass it down in terms of your your generation. Like generational curses are through um, forgiveness. When we read the book of Numbers chapter 14, it talks about the idea of curses that were placed upon the Israelites because their forefathers did not repent from certain sins. So we need to understand that trying to avoid conflict in order to keep the peace is you actually starting an internal struggle with yourself. And it's necessary for you to reach out and talk about the problem. Like that's for your own mental health. It's not, it's not good for you to think, oh, let me just, I, I will struggle by myself with this. And I know that eventually I will get over it. That, that's, that's not the right way to go about it. Let me, let me jump in and just, because George, you hit on something that brought some words to my mind. And, um, you know, actually not confronting an issue or just trying to, quote, keep the peace, um, it, it, it has a, a, um, a two-pronged effect. The first one is that it makes us even more angry at the individual who has done, well, no, 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 I used the wrong word. It causes resentment towards the individual who has offended us, and it brings about resentment in ourselves. So I begin to resent myself and be angry wow. at myself because I didn't say anything to them. See what I'm saying? So now I'm like, you keep doing this and you never say anything. I'm angry at the person for treating, talking to me the way that they have, but then I also become angry with myself because I'm allowing them to do it. So it's like a double whammy when we don't, um, when we don't confront, which is horrible. Boss's point. I think for, for me, I don't know if you, you guys have ever experienced this where maybe there might be a conflict between you and someone at church and then you will do the traditional thing we don't do in church. You'll get together, we'll be like, okay, I forgive you. And then next Sabbath, you will see them and then you, there will be some spirit inside of you that will just jump out when you hear their name. That is showing you that you have not forgiven them. But I think sometimes we take that as, oh, that's just a natural process of how it's supposed to be. I don't need to talk to them to get my, my emotions out. I will just deal with it by myself. And it, like, it's, it's so essential. Adding more to part, what Pastor said that we need to confront these issues. We can't think to ourselves that it's all right to cop out in using your term that you use. I think that's doing injustice on ourselves. I think also, um, in addition, um, the way that I would look at um, the whole effect of unforgiveness is pretty much like having a ball and chain just attached to your ankle that you're just dragging around every single day. And I think when you're in these situations where you are just trying to keep the peace, often you're just um, basically carrying other people's mistakes and just adding that weight to your ball and chain. And I think a lot of this can happen. I think I was thinking of examples whilst you guys were talking and I was thinking this can be something that happens, especially with parent-child relationships. Because I think as a child, when you're obviously growing up in a home, your home environment is completely out of your control. But when you become an adult and you're then feeling the impacts of those situations where you basically grew up keeping the peace, you know, you couldn't say anything, you couldn't um, confront your parents as such. Um, and for a lot of us, this is something that we are still struggling with or still carrying. So there has to come a time, it may be that some people feel, well, they can never speak to their parents and actually say, this is basically what you've caused, or this is the results of growing up in the home that I was raised in. But I think it's important to get to a point where you acknowledge that that is an issue 
because that's where it starts and then you look at even if it means seeking counseling and actually working through those past traumas because it may not be that you're able to sit down face to face with that person and get that forgiveness that you're looking for um, but there are other ways that you can unpack that and actually find ways to loosen that ball and chain so to speak because I think that's definitely something a lot of people are carrying around as a result of other people's mistakes. Mm. Mm. There's a couple of questions that are coming in and I wanted to jump to this question based on what we just said but I'm just I know what's going to happen with the time so let's just go there. Um, what if a person you are married to repeatedly causes offence but is unrepentant? What if a person you are married to repeatedly causes offence but is unrepentant? What do we think? Yeah, let me let me just um, suggest this because when <clears throat> when I was thinking about man forgiveness, uh, this that or the other, um, so, something came to my mind, and and that is um, there's you know there there, and I think we alluded to this earlier. The Bible says in First John one nine, if we confess, God is faithful to forgive, and so in our minds, that's how forgiveness functions. That's how it's that's how it operates. An individual acknowledges that he or she is wrong, and uh, ideally, anyway, they are repentant because of what it is that they've done, and then we forgive them. And so it seems, you know, it seems you know self defeating if I'm forgiving someone who number one, doesn't acknowledge they're wrong. And number two, shows no remorse for what they've done. But I think, you know, here's where it's beneficial for us to look at all of what scripture says. In Romans chapter five, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. When we were enemies, right? So it it positions us in a negative position, our, our attitude, excuse me, and our mindset was not one of confession and repentance, but it was one of antagonism. And scripture in Romans chapter five says that God's love was demonstrated towards us. And what that means is not, not that we were forgiven in a legal sense, but it means that God's attitude was one of love towards us, even while we were antagonistic, rebellious, and at war with him. So in, in terms of and unrepentant, whether it's a husband, um, uh, parents, siblings, you know, any number, co-workers, pastor, deacon, whatever the case may be. I think scripture, um, scripture is sharing with us that our attitude towards the other person can be transformed by the power and grace of God so that their behavior um, is, not, uh, is, is not the hinge on which my attitude is based. I have an attitude of love, even when that love is not reciprocated towards me. There was a, there's a, oh man, there's one of these spirit of prophecy quotes, you know, them things that just make you itch. You're like, ah, no, man, oh no, please, that can't be true. And I can't remember exactly where it is, but it says that we must learn to draw warmth from others' coldness. And I, when I read that, I, I just start itching all over, like, Lord, I need to go take a shower or something. That just, I'm like, how? How do you do that? But I think mm -hmm. it, 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 it speaks to what we're talking about and what the questioner said. This is an individual whose attitude and mindset has not been changed. And yet, by the grace of God, 
we need to maintain a consistent attitude in spite of what's going on around us. Mm. 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 Anybody else want to come in on that? Or should we hit the, sec the next question? All right, calm. So the next question then is, <laughs> so I had this question on my list anyway, but here we go, they've, they've asked it. Can we forgive, but cut off people? Because I'd, I'd imagine that no one would want to be cut off by God. I'm just so confused. So the question is, is can we forgive, but cut people off? I think I had it down as, well, how did I have it? I had it as, is it ever appropriate to cut someone off who has offended you and you haven't told them what they've done is wrong, but you've quote unquote forgiven them. So can you forgive and cut people off? Um, what thinkest thou? I think I think I think you can. I think it goes back to to um to what we we're talking about before about boundaries. It depends on what I think it's very circumstantial. So for example, um if you're just cutting someone off, so for, someone does you wrong and then they ask for forgiveness, you forgive them and they not they're not going to keep doing that thing, then I don't see the need to cut someone off because you're just you've forgiven them and you're starting a new chapter almost, right? Like it's it, that's where reconciliation comes in and you can start again but um if if you've forgiven someone and they can continue to be a danger to you um or, or in some sort in your environment then it goes back to what we we're talking about before about boundaries that is you might need to cut someone off in that to protect yourself to protect others to even protect that them you know um because right now we can be we're talking you know theoretically but there could be people watching here or whatever that have gone through a lot of really, really terrible, terrible things and and things that you shouldn't, someone shouldn't be in your presence, even after you've forgiven them, you know. We so we have to um we have to practice discernment, I, I feel, um, in each in each situation. But if you're cutting someone off purely because you're still hurt, then you haven't forgiven. So you have to, you, I think you have to be honest with yourself, honest with um, the situation, but it's very possible to cut someone off because it just means if they're still harmful to you or if you know that they will continue to hurt you even after you've forgiven them. Because um, like what Pastor says, sometimes you have to forgive people that haven't asked for forgiveness. So that means that person is still in your presence and probably still might be hurting you. So they have to be cut off. Um, I think there was, a, I don't know, Paul... I don't know who it was that he was talking in the in the in the New Testament about someone. I think one of his, his companions that they had to separate, right? Because they I think they were arguing or something like that was happening. Obviously, sometimes things like that need to happen in order for 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 you to move on. If that makes sense. So I think yes, sometimes it's necessary. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Petty. Thank you. I think also off the back of um, what Petty's just shared, um, in regards to the idea of reconciliation, I. I personally believe that when God asks us to forgive, he's asking us to forgive because he wants us to reconcile with him. He's not asking us to forgive, saying you have to go and then be, you know, best friends with that person because he knows, as we've spoken about, there are some circumstances where you just can't have those, unfortunately, um, fewer in safety sometimes. You can't continue a relationship with that person. Um, so I, I believe that when you do truly, you're able to forgive, that then breaks down that, that barrier that you have between you and God. Because as we spoke initially about the idea of being able to forgive, often what is holding us back is that idea of, is that person deserving? 
you know, I want them to suffer and I want them to feel what they've done to me. And all those things are not characteristic traits that God wants us to, they're, they're not reflective of who God is. So when we're able to get to that point where we forgive, we not only, as, as um, Pastor Steve was saying, it's not only for the, it's, it's more for our benefit, but it also reconciles us back to God. And that's ultimately the, the goal more than anything. God wants us to be able to rec be reconciled with him. Um, whereas I think sometimes we have that misconception that we have to suddenly, you know, continue a, a relationship with the very person that's caused us so much pain. But that, that can't always be, sometimes for our own health, that's not the right option to, to choose. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, a question has come in, and I'll, let's jump to this before I jump to, jump to my next one. Um, someone said, I'm struggling with my daughter who has an issue with her father. Um, so, they Julia, so they said, Julia, what you mentioned was spot on. And then they'll put, I'm struggling with my daughter who has an issue with her father. Um, I would appreciate some help on this issue. She's finding it hard to forgive her father. She's not necessarily asking you, Julia, per se, but anyone, so anyone can, can answer. Um, she's finding it hard to forgive her father. Um, I, I would say this in terms of, um, sorry, to, sorry to cut you, Pastor. Um, when when we struggle to forgive our parents because of what they've done to us i think we must first understand that it is a sign that it's okay to struggle to forgive um i think sometimes we place upon that burden that we need to forgive and just move on but in realizing that you're struggling to forgive i think that's the moment where you need to understand that um you strength in forgiving that person um because there are as you guys have mentioned there are certain things that goes on especially within our families that it's really difficult to forgive um it's really really difficult to forgive and sometimes we don't have the power within ourselves to forgive we must admit to that um and therefore it is essential that we ask for extra strength from god to help us so that's the first stage the second stage in realizing this is that exactly what we said when you don't it's like we always use the analogy that when you hold on to something hot and then in a the sense of someone has done something wrong to you and then you're holding on to the burden of it what we must realize is that especially in the family circles is that when you do not give out forgiveness when something like that happens, you're really, really hurting yourself more than anyone else. Um, you're really damaging yourself because again, I'll go back to it. Generational curses are so real. Um, what you might think that, oh, my dad did to me here was worse. How do you know you're not gonna repeat the same thing down the line? And then you're gonna need forgiveness um, when that happens. So I think it's essential that we always have that perspective and understand that you know what in the future i'm going to need forgiveness it's not that you're planning to sin by the way but it's just part of life that you're going to realize that in life you're always going to need forgiveness from your other human beings and furthermore also from god so um it's, it's difficult i'm not trying to downplay it one bit and that's why i'm saying that we should ask for extra strength from god when those things happen so yeah yeah, I just wanted to add too that um, when it comes to when it comes to to, to God's um, 
God's forgiveness. Um, I think one of the one of the beautiful things that God is able to do is God is able to he's able to know and understand our hearts. Right. That's why scripture talks about something called repentance, which we can't always see repentance or what it looks like outwardly. We can see actions and we can make judgments based on those actions, but we can't actually know the heart the way that God can. And I think, um, you know, for the questioner, um, I would say, because I, I had a really hard time uh, forgiving my father and understanding him. And that, that's a very important word, understanding. I was a child and I could not conceive or fathom why someone would make the decisions that my father made. But I hadn't, I, because I was a child, my understanding was limited, number one. And I didn't have any children of my own, number two. And I didn't exactly know all the details of he and my mother's relationship. So there was a lot that was left, um, you know, in a kind of a misty, cloudy area. The, the older I got, being married, having my own children, so forth, and then talking with my father and allowing my father to tell his story. Because prior to that, I just wanted to tell mine. And um, listening to him gave me an understanding of where he was coming from. It, doesn't, it didn't make the, the choices that he made, the decisions and the things that he did. It didn't make those things right, but it helped me to understand. And then I, I, had, I did this thing where, you know, I tried to put myself in his shoes, not just myself as I am today, but myself not having the benefits and privileges of being educated, having to walk with God the way that I do. But if I were in my father's shoes, missing out on having God in his life, missing out on knowing this, that, or the other, what decision would I have made? And I had to be honest with myself. I could not be sure that I would have done different, you know? And so that level of understanding, again, it doesn't excuse wrong choices. It doesn't excuse sinful behavior. It simply gives understanding. And understanding is, in my, in my opinion, it's, it's critical to be able to take that step where God gives us the gift of forgiveness. Because when we understand a person's impediments and challenges and brokenness, God can then use that understanding to put in perspective our own impediments and brokenness. And we can, in a sense, see ourselves what actually not in a sense, we can see ourselves as being no better than this other individual. And, and that, that's a key attitude that I think is essential to be able to forgive is that I see myself as not being any better than this other person, but we can't get there unless there's some level of understanding. I mean, and on the father thing as well, um, You've got to, your daughter, you know, you've got to think when you don't forgive somebody, they've got some kind of power over you. Um, they're affecting you emotionally. Um, they're in your head. They're, they're, they've got some, you're trying to live life trying to prove that you're not like them. So now your priorities, your goals, your, 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 your operating based on um, this person. Mm, mm. 
and so 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 forgiveness um you know that's not how that's not how you were designed to live you're not being who you are you're trying to be the opposite of this person um and that sometimes that can come into play with so so forgiveness enables you to be the best person you can be for the glory of god but when you don't um you've you've you've, you've put your life in a box um right i'm still, we've, only, we've only got eight minutes left there's another question that's come through um how would you respond to a person who says i've forgiven the person but i can never forget what they did how would you respond to a person who says i have forgiven the person but i can never forget what they did If it was me, I'd just say that that's life. <laughs> because to be fair, I do believe the whole idea of forgive and forget is also a misconception. Because you don't forget. <laughs> you know full well what that person's done to you. Sometimes you relive it every time you see the person. But that's why initially when I said about the idea of forgiveness being sometimes it's a constant journey. It really is. Because when you see that person, you have to say to yourself, no, and not today. You know, I'm not going to allow that to... To, I'm not going to allow the devil to use that against me and so I think it's we need to recognize that wh when we experience these things yes they may be traumatic and sadly so but we we can't just remove those things from our mind you know once we've had those experiences it, it is a part of us but what makes the difference is then what we do with those you know the results of those experiences um, and I just quickly wanted to add I guess it, it kind of relates to the previous question but also to other people struggling with forgiveness um, I think a practical tip um, that I know has helped me is the idea of um, unsent letters, especially for people that you cannot speak to or you're, you're not able to you know, reconcile with in any way. Because sometimes it's getting you how you truly feel down on a page and actually seeing for yourself. This is what this, you know, so you write the letter as though you're going to give it to that person. And you may someday even do that. But even the process of writing down your thoughts as if you are speaking to that person can be so powerful for you to actually see. This is all, you know, this is right there. This is all that, that, that I've been carrying. This is all that, you know, I feel as a result of what this person has done to me. And then that in itself can be a form of release because you've actually taken it, verb, you know, not verbalized it, but you've, you've written it down um, and you're able to then work through, okay, what? what are these emotions what are these what are the effects that these things are causing me um so yeah that that's a, a practical tip that I can I can speak from experience that's been really helpful thank you thank you very much um, uh, I'm for us um sorry um a, a lot of times we often confuse conf forgiveness with reconciliation um mm. and I think <laughs> reconciliation is actually like the final tip of the stages of forgiveness like i can forgive you and because it takes two people to reconcile but it only takes one to forgive i think sometimes we, we in terms of forgive and forget we we, yeah. we place it on ourselves to think that we must re reconcile is like it's like the ticking point to say you've finally forgiven when actually know that I can forgive you and reconciliation is a choice that takes two individual people. Mm. That's good. That's good. Uh, in, the, in the final moments, in the final moments, in the final moments. Um, so we've all been there. And if you haven't been there, you will be there to the viewers and, and, and to us who are on the panel. 
you're in church, there's drama taking place. Such and such isn't speaking to such and such. Such and such isn't speaking to such and such. This elder's with that camp. This elder's with that camp. This deaconess is with this camp. Your auntie's on that camp, but your sister's on that camp. We've all, we've all seen it. 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 And I feel like conflict resolution in church, I don't know. Um, I don't know. So a question that I had, a question that I had is what goals, final question, um, should one have in mind when engaging in Christian confrontation or conflict management? What goals should one have in mind when engaging in Christian, com Christian, let me get my words out. I'm trying to read and, and quote at the same time. It didn't work. What goals should one have in mind when engaging in Christian confrontation or conflict management? So you're, you're approaching a situation and you, you know how it is. Um, and these things also affect the youth. I've seen it with my own two eyes. Um, how do we go about doing this? So that things can have, not necessarily, that, that we can be smoother, we can have a, a more informed way of how we go about these, some of these issues. Um, the, the verses just, that just came to my mind when you asked was um, Ephesians, Ephesians 4, verse 30 to 32, basically. I'll just read it quickly. And I think to me, that's what I think should be the goals. Well, the goal basically to me is to be like Christ, right? Mm. Um, and Paul gives us practical, practical things. And he says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. I'm reading from the NIV, guaranteeing you that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So I think, you know, a lot of times in church or even in general, because we're humans, I guess, whatever, um, we forget that we are to be like Jesus. We forget love at its core. And it seems very, um, it seems very like far away, like, uh, but that is literally what, what we say we are, right? We're Christ followers, we're Christians. So some I've seen a lot in, in church and some of the things that happen, um, I think this is why a lot of people even leave church because they're hurt. Church hurt is a thing because people forget that basic thing of do not grieve the Holy Spirit, be kind to one another, forgive one another, live, at, treat your neighbor as you want to be treated you know as, as god says is the greatest commandment right love god and love people so if that is the center of of our if that's the goal of every com confrontation that we have in church if we continue to keep that in mind it'll allow us to be humble it'll allow us to have a conversation it'll allow us to forgive it'll allow us to be kind and i think i don't know if it comes with age because i feel like it's a lot of the older generation that seem to to hold a lot of bitterness against each other and you know this and that and i don't know what where that comes from but i think that should be the goal at all times is to to not to to have the holy spirit to be like jesus thank you thank you thank you, thank you. i can personally add is um it's essential not to compromise your faith and compromise yourself in seeking reconciliation or confrontation in, in 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 such a scenario i think sometimes as christians we give up so much of ourselves just so that we can forgive because we think it's the right thing to do um and i think it's important that we realize that you're not compromising ourselves as an individual 
because we all have boundaries, whether you like it or not, we all have boundaries. Just as like a property has boundaries, walls, we all have them. And it's essential that we don't think to ourselves that we can sell up ourselves and then expect um, some form of way that we'll be okay. And it's essential that we're not compromising ourselves and our faith in order to seek reconciliation. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I would say um, three things. The first one is, um, you know, to surrender ourselves to the idea that God must receive the glory in this situation. First Corinthians 10, 31 says, whether you eat, therefore, whether you drink, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. That means dealing with hurt. That means having to confront someone. We So my first suggestion would be that we surrender to the idea that God must have the glory. And once that begins to shape our thinking and our feelings, then the second the second point is that we must first confront ourselves. And that is, we got to ask ourselves the difficult questions. Okay, why do you want to confront this person now? You know, what, why didn't you do it then? And why now? Is this just because you're fed up? You're angry? You want to get them a piece of your mind? You want to get even? You want to embarrass them? You want to humble them, humiliate them? So confronting ourselves in terms of why, why now? Why do I want to... Uh, um, confront this this particular um, situation or person and why do I want to do it in the way that I want to do it so if you think oh I'm about to get on social media and I'm going to tell them why why is that the way you're looking at so first surrender surrender to God receiving the glory second we need to confront ourselves and then thirdly we need to ask what do we want to come out of this now if we've done those first two steps thoroughly it will profoundly affect this third one what do I want to come out of this? It should be, I want God to get the glory and I want to, um, as much as possible reconcile, you know, the Bible says in the book of Romans, as much as is possible, be at peace with all men. So, um, asking the Lord, okay, God, what do I really want out of this? You know, um, for instance, do I want this person to speak to me and others with respect? Do I want this person to and sometimes it's in wrestling with those questions that the Lord begins to really speak to us. And sometimes we can go back to the, the second thing and the first thing. Like, this is really not about you getting glory. And this is really about some other stuff, Lord. You need to deal with me on this. So I would suggest those three things, surrendering to God, getting the glory, confronting ourselves first, and then thirdly, wrestling with God. What is it that we really want to come out of this? I think what I would say is um, that in in being able to forgive, we need to replace that hunger for justice with um, an attitude of grace. And I think when we are able to do that and truly approach someone out of grace and not because, you know, we feel like, I think in, in everything, you need to remember that God himself says that vengeance is mine. You know, he, God says he will take responsibility and he's made that super super clear but often we still fall back into that trap of wanting to take justice into our own hands wanting that person to feel what we felt want you know and we and we damage ourselves in the process so I think the most important thing is to keep bringing it back to God you know even if it's something that brings us an enormous amount of pain God already knows that so it's being able to come to him openly and say this is tough you know I, I and be be honest Say to God, I don't want to forgive this person. He knows. 
And so I think the more transparent you can be in your walk with Christ is the more he will be able to work on your heart to, to show you what forgiveness actually is. And the more that becomes clear to you is the more you'll be surprised at how much um, it's actually God through you helping you to forgive that person. It's not, not anything of your own ability. Because I know I can say that from personal experience, it's literally been God really um, making things so apparent to me I'm like I can't help but but say God you know it's you and I think ultimately that's what he wants is for us to constantly be, be brought back to the sacrifice that Jesus made for us because if 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 God's sacrifice and if our salvation was based on justice none of us would be here so I think when we recognize truly what that this is all about grace we we won't be able to you know help ourselves but offer that same grace to um the next person yeah. Yeah. and I, I was just going to add quickly as well that practically something that's helped me is to genuinely just pray for that person um it takes a lot of you to pray for someone that has hurt you um it takes a lot of humility it takes a lot of uh just for you to even utter their names like god bless them you know yeah <laughs> i don't want you to be blessed you hurt that's me true. so it's mm. if, you, if you can say that about someone that in itself does something in you because you see them in the in, in light of how god sees them through mm. prayer so I think that practically just pray for them, even if it's just one thing, God bless them today, you know, mm -hmm. that that in itself. And over time, you might develop a, a longer prayer or anything like that. So and it goes to what Pastor Stephen was saying as well with those three, three things, which I think are so powerful uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to like church, church politics, I'll call it or whatever. Right. A lot of things happening, church conflict. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people sometimes we, we move with pride. So it's, I you know this is wrong. So I have to show people that this is wrong. And, you know, it's about principle, but it's, have you prayed for them? You know, if, if you truly love, love them or you love God and you love um, justice or whatever, pray for them before you even begin to go confront them. Um, and that way you can come from a heart of, 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 of love and of grace, as Julia said. Thank you very, very much. Thank you very, 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 very much. Thank you so much for joining us on the panel. Thank you, everyone. Um, uh, uh, folks, I think the probation is... Uh, <laughs> because people talk... Uh, thank you very, very much. <laughs> thank you for joining us on the, on the, on the panel. Um, guys, please, 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 please. Juliet's got a book. Um, you want to make sure you go, go ahead and, and, and get a copy of that. I don't know how you buy it, but... Um, but, 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 but make sure you get a copy of the book Petty's got a YouTube channel um, make sure you hit that up like, subscribe, all of those good things Pastor Conway has got a, a podcast that he's running at the well Stamina Ministries YouTube and things like those make sure you hit that up George is just an all time boss and so you want to make sure that you invite him for speaking appointments make sure you invite him for different events um, because he's, he's just a big man when he comes <laughs> Um, I was waiting to hear, hear what you hear about me. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to hear what you hear about me. <laughs> no, no, he's got the NEC t-shirt on, so once you've got that on, you know what time it is. Um, I don't know if you want to quickly say your, your social media handles, um, just so if people want to get at you, and then we'll, we'll, we'll have a prayer to close. Go on, Julia, how can they, how can they get in? How yeah, they, um, in? so my personal... Um, handle on Instagram is Today in Colour and my ministry is called Really Married on Instagram as well. And they can get the book through those means? 
yeah it's on a, it's on amazon so if you just search failing in love it's available internationally and then Petty, uh, my socials is Nella Grace, so N E L A H Grace, um, on all platforms. So if you just search that, it should come up YouTube, Instagram, all that. Lovelies. Pastor Conway? Yeah, you can uh, check us out at staminaforlife.com, but that's spelled S T A M E N A, the number four, life. Dot com and you can also wherever you get your podcast look for at the well podcast and it's under my wonderful wife's name tamara conway so if you have any trouble finding it at the well tamara conway you can look that up online too and you'll find it season two coming at you soon very very soon and i was on george's twitter earlier and he, he comes with some big posts um he had one he had one don't be the thing. Don't become the thing that you're complaining about. So, so you want you want to make you catch up. Where can, where, can, where can we find you, Josh? How, how, how can we how can we get how can we get? Um, so it's G O S E I without the hyphen B O N S U. So basically, my first the first character of my first name and then Osei Bronsu without the hyphen. All right. Thank you very very kindly. Thank you very much. And we'll have a prayer and we'll close. Dear Lord, we thank you for your love, kindness, and mercy. We thank you for the forgiveness which you offer us so freely. Help us, dear Lord, please, through the power of the Holy Spirit to extend this same forgiveness to others. We thank you for your many blessings. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.